Each episode of Education with an Edge is meant to create, cultivate, and inspire honest discussion about issues affecting youth. Hosted by author, artist, educator, advocate, and speaker, Jaquel Lane. Hello and welcome. This is Jaquel Lane, your hostess of Education with an Edge podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things children because we believe that every child matters and you should too. I am so very grateful, honored, excited to have my girl Maria Corpus with us on the show today. Thank you for being with us here today, Maria. So excited. I am admire Maria so very much and she has so many accomplishments but we're going to run through a, a few of them right now so she has been exploring ways to utilize the power of collaborative conversation to improve her community her work spans multiple platforms in efforts such as grassroots journalism, GOTV campaigns, tour management, and branded merchandise. Working to redefine an influencer as someone who influences change, she has found her passion in fostering a relationship between art, social movements, and the Omaha community. In 2018, she founded Nightcaps, a late-night show that impacts the community culture by hosting conversations for those that hold diverse influences and perspectives within the Omaha community. Nonprofit community leaders, artists, politicians, and activists gather together to discuss topics relevant to today's socio-political climate. Maria has helped community projects such as Farnham Festival, Noise Omaha, the Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards, and Startup Week Omaha. She currently works at Peak, a skincare startup, as the chief of staff. Maria is a dedicated novice seamstress, film photographer, and mezcal inquirer in the minimal in her minimal free time. And um, yeah, I've just, I admire you so much, Maria, just um, in, in all the things, but I'm so grateful that you're here today. Yes. You're, you're such an inspiration for all people, for young women to um, stand up and advocate and really use their voice. So um, I think it's really essential to start with the beginning to understand like your remarkable story fully. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and childhood? Yes, so I am half Filipino and half mixture of white, Uh, and I grew up in West Omaha, which was really interesting. I went to Catholic schools, and I had a few other Asian uh, girls in my classes, but they were all adopted, and so I would come home from school and be like, Mom, I am adopted, (laughs) and she's like, no, you're not. Here's a photo of me holding you in the hospital. I'm like, but you're white. Right. And I'm brown and all the other brown girls I know are adopted. Yeah. I'm adopted. <laughs> and she, um, she of course told me no. And now I see, you know, obviously my dad is Filipino and I get how sex works. So, <laughs> <Love it>. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, um, it was definitely, that definitely impacted my childhood on what, who my identity, what my identity is, who I am. Um, I have three younger siblings who are my best friends. I'm so lucky to be so close to them. Uh, when I was five years old, my grandmother, my dad's mother, um, she moved in with us. So I don't know life without Lola is what we call her. That's, I know it's uh, grandma in Tagalog and it's funny growing up, people just thought her name was Lola. And then when they found out it was Isabel, they're like, what have I been calling her? (laughs) It's like, don't worry. It's nothing bad. She's just grandma. (laughs) Um, and so she is four foot five. It's actually her 95th birthday this week. She's the cutest thing. She's so cute. She's like my brother, my brothers can like kneel down and like be the same height as her. And then just like kneel down and hug her. And so just having that extra maternal presence in my life growing up was something that I will never take for granted because I get that like multi-generation in the home and could always talk to her when my parents were at work and she'd make us quesadillas with craft single square cheese. I love that. And all that. <laughs> always rice for dinner. Um, so it was, it was an awesome childhood. You know, I'm privileged that uh, we grew up and, and never had anything to worry about um, in, in that sense and grew up in Catholic education. And it wasn't really till I went to Creighton and, um, was in the journalism program there that I really learned to have my own voice and that it's okay to question things and really to interrogate what your beliefs were growing up and do I still identify with that and it's okay to be your own person um, and have different beliefs. Yeah, and I love that and I think so oftentimes, well, you touched on so many things that I love, but oftentimes like in Western culture, um, that is very rare to have like your grandparents be that prevalent in your life. And I don't mean like prevalent as in I do 
like that you love each other and things, but like actually live with them. Yes. And so I think that's a really beautiful thing. And it attributes to how not just like well-rounded you are, but just like also how you have like a very good understanding of different generations and how to relate to them yeah. because of your experience. Yes. With her. I think that's really beautiful. She definitely has taught me so many lessons through the years and just having her in the house of like learning empathy and you know, to respect your elders yeah. and how to have disagreements right. because I can't be mad at her mm-hmm. no matter what <laughs> I, ha- I like cannot be mad at her. Even if we disagree on the most, what I think is heinous yeah. <laughs> uh, things, right. we, I still love her. You right. know, I walk away being like, you know what? I love you. I love you. Yeah. And guess what? That <laughs> ends right here. That's right. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't no, you you're good. You're good. No. And I think, um, I mean, the second thing that I love that you said too, is that like, obviously, um, when you did start kind of coming into your own, like many people do in college, like you didn't let that sever your relationship with your family. Like you're still extraordinarily close. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a real difficult thing for some people to navigate. Um, it's hard for me to navigate. Yeah. And thank you for being honest. Right. Cause like so hard. Yeah. Cause we're talking to like, I mean, one of the biggest reasons that I, that I do this podcast, podcast is because like I want to reach kiddos that are like going through those like weird transition transitional times like I want to be who I I want to be but I don't want to like alienate you know and and some people have to make that decision um which is really devastating and sad but I'm I'm so in awe because your family's so beautiful and you're all so close and and I'm I appreciate you saying like yeah it's it's hard for everybody like to navigate like this is who I am this is like who I authentically am and I'm going to show up. Right. Yes. And then, but I still love you and we're going to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we've, I've gone through rough patches with my mom and I had an aha moment months into it. I was like, I don't even want to spend Christmas here because yeah. I just couldn't, I didn't feel loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. And I had this aha moment where I was like, you know what? The beautiful thing in the whole entire, you know, lineage of our family this mindset ends with me and like that is a beautiful experience that is because like in all the years of this family having these beliefs it's no longer I get to be the one who changes that and that to me is empowering right and I think that that's so important and this podcast is so important because there's a young person out there that's going through this exact same thing and might not be looking at it from that positive perspective. It took me a long time. <laughs> but and I remind why. myself at, like anytime I'm like, okay, it's okay that she thinks this because guess what? Right. If I have kids or nieces and nephews, I'm going to teach them a different way. Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's a very like awesome and positive way to look at that, to look at those like differences in our families or even in our friends and be like, this can be like a guiding light. This can be a positive thing. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. just super cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your career path? I'm like in awe of all the cool stuff. All oh my the, gosh, all the where things. to start, where to start. Seriously. Um, and I don't know, like you can talk just like, what did you want to be when you were younger? And like, how did that, how did it work? Like, yeah, I <laughs> always thought when I was younger, I was like, by the time I get to be in the workforce, I there's going to be a job that's a professional friend. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I want to be a professional friend. I love my friends. I love being a friend. I love listening. I love that. Uh, unfortunately, that ha- we haven't quite evolved to getting paid for that yet. Um, <laughs> start start <laughs> up. Right? Start it up. Have a startup of professional <laughs> yeah. friends. Professional friends and wedding enhancers <laughs> that's right. are the two jobs I want to have. Um, but I actually started off my first first year as a nursing student huh. and um, just realized in that um, I met this other gentleman that my mom knew and he had a startup and he had a tech startup that um, was kind of like Yelp and but only wanted to do like really cool things. Oh yeah. So he sent me to Europe nice. and I went to London and Stockholm for like five weeks maybe And went to all these really cool places, wrote blogs about it, and was just like, can I do this for a job? And I went and talked to an advisor, and they're like, yeah, you should should totally switch to journalism. And that's where I really found uh, my home at Creighton. They... 
I've always loved storytelling and got uh, my degree in public relations um, in like half advertising. I found out I could graduate early with the credits I had. And so I was like, see ya, gonna drop the advertising. Exactly. I already <laughs> did half of it. <laughs> Let me save some money here. Yeah. So um, I was privileged enough to be accepted into their backpack journalism trip. Cool. And we went down to Nogales, uh, Mexico, uh, which is right on the border. And this was in the summer of 2016, right before Trump got elected. Wow. And that was, I still say to this day, like the most impactful thing that I have life done. That was life changing for me because I was one of two brown people on the trip. Mm -hmm. And we sat in a courtroom in, uh, I believe it was Tucson. And there were 50 to 60 people, ages 10 to 60 something, I'm guessing here, uh, chained by their wrists and their feet to their waistband. And each lawyer had like 12 people. Right. And, you know, you come to America for better opportunities because you don't get education that you need in your hometown or it's not safe. And so in my head, I'm just thinking these people don't even have an educated vocabulary in their own language. Mm -hmm. And now you bring them into this system and it's all in English. It's all these big words that I didn't even know some of them. Mm -hmm. Their lawyers, like they have a translator in their ear, but if you don't know those like law lawyer words, right. You have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I just sat in the back of the courtroom and I'm just like bald the whole time, right. yeah. the whole time. Cause and it's already stacked against them. Yeah. Yeah. From There's the beginning. I, and I, after all we had seen, right. That wasn't, that was like well into this trip where we had been working with, um, the Kino border initiative initiative KBI and they have a soup kitchen that migrants get directed to once they get deported because the majority of migrants get deported to a city they've never been in where the police and cartel prey on them mm -hmm. and the rest of the people who do live there, the locals aren't nice to them. Right. So I met people from Guatemala and Honduras and it's like, they're not getting sent back to those countries. Mm -mm. We're just sending them to Mexico. And so it was after I had like developed these relationships with these people, interviewing them and talking with them and just being social, right? Cause you're eating meals together. You're preparing meals and you're chatting. And with the minimal Spanish, I knew I could kind of have at least some, some sort of conversation. Um, but I came back and was like, what do I, how do I make this, how do I work for social change in Omaha? Yeah. Where I, where I don't have to take this trip, but I can still do something in Omaha where I am. Um, I mean, it's, you can't just go down all the time. It's expensive and right. you don't, you can't take off time from work to go do right. that work unless you make it your kind of your full career. But, um, I, I really just started to kind of dive into what the, social change community looks like here in the activism community and have found a family within that. And so since then I, uh, do my friend, Dewan Hayes, Dewan Lamont Hayes, and I started noise. Yes. Um, right after this report came out about information deserts, mm -hmm. which is not as heard of as food deserts, but it's essentially the same thing where people, for example, since we're in Omaha, North Omaha, they only hear and see news, about their community that's negative. Yeah. And so when you're only getting fed negative information about yourself. It's going to affect you. It affects what you think about yourself. It affects Absolutely. your self-confidence, your self-worth, the worth of your community. And so we really tried to dig in and tell stories through noise that are uplifting and more community based so people can get news from their community that isn't just negative. That's success stories. Uh, somebody going and enlisting into the military, a new restaurant. Uh, and I mean, now they've really, they've really expanded into um, issues all over Omaha. And I'm just so proud of that project. That's so beautiful and so needed. Um, and not something, I mean, so so, so very important. Yeah. I was doing that and like bartending and working at a coffee <laughs> shop. Cause like we didn't have any money. Yeah. Right. We had no money at the start. Yeah, and so yeah. we just were doing our best. And, uh, I wrote an article, I think the first time Cara Eastman ran right before the midterms. And I found this, uh, information that millennials are the most liberal, most diverse, but we're the least likely to vote. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why? is that yikes you know like 
we need people to be involved. We are a huge part of the part of the population. Mm-hmm. I and I was just thinking, like, what do my friends spend money on? Like, what do they sp- invest their time, energy, and money on? And to me, it was like supporting each other's artwork. Mm-hmm going to music concerts, buying the t-shirt there, buying the alcohol there. And it's like, by the end of the night, you spent $50, $60. Right. But we would never send, none of my friends would ever send $20 to a political candidate. Right. That's changed now because of who I hang out with. Right. Um, right. We're like sending our money to like all these different, all these different places that help people. But um, that's how the nightcaps definitely got started. So um, I was just like, why aren't artists and musicians in conversation about what's going on politically? Right. Because the majority of them live very, I don't know, like eclectic, poor, eclectic yeah. and not making money, right. you know? Right. So right. they experience the effects that legislation has mm-hmm. and we should be listening to them. Yeah. And so I was like, and if somebody else is saying what I want to say, who knows their maybe my family will listen, right? Like maybe they won't listen to me, but maybe they'll listen to an expert in this. And so we've had on um, Senator Tony Vargas, who's running for Congress. We had on Cara Eastman. And then in the music scene, we've had Misanjix. We've had uh, a a wide range of artists who always get to present their work at the end. So no matter what we talk about, whether it's sex education around the world or how to exist in solitude when COVID happened, there is always a, a way to kind of take a deep breath as a community together and share in the beauty of art. Yes. Um, and so I have had a pause on that because of COVID, but I am working on getting that started back up, hopefully this fall, fingers yay, crossed. Yay, yay. Um, yeah, and then just because of my, my work in the art community and uh, surrounding areas, I've gotten asked to be part of different projects from Farnham Festival, I'm on the OEAA board, um, and now I work at an awesome startup here that I feel valued at, Yes, which is, I think, my biggest lesson from this last year, if I can pass it on to anyone else, if you do not feel valued at a place of work, go find a place that values, that values you, because yeah. you have different strengths, mm-hmm. and people need those Mm-hmm. and want those and we'll pay you know mm-hmm. it's so important to feel valued and what you do 40 hours a week absolutely because you I mean you spend a huge majority of your time so much this. of your time right. and when you don't feel valued you just like start to resent it mm-hmm. and then you're angry and don't even want to go to work and, and it affects other areas of your life and yeah, yeah. so I, I'm really grateful for Peak and all the people that I work with there. Awesome. It's an, it is an awesome company. You're awesome. But it is <laughs> Thank an you. Awesome, yeah. Sorry, I'm like, there's a whirlwind of things I've yes. done. How do I no. make this quick? <laughs> no, it's and you don't have to make it quick. And the thing that I love about that too is that what you've done with Nightcaps and what you've done with your advocacy is like, I'm seeing this change. I mean, and you, you know, you say like, like we were talking about the time period of like 2016, 2017. And like, I've seen like really positive change where people are asking, like, if I'm going to support something monetarily, like I'm, if I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, like, I want it to be for good. Like, yes. I want it to be like for a charity. I mm-hmm. want it to be like for someone that I believe in that's going to like impact like positive change. Yeah. And so like, I think that that's one thing that like, the younger generation is changing because you didn't really used to see a lot of that. So I love that you've incorporated that into everything that you've done. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I, I, and I think that that's also like multi-generational. Like I know that I'm much more likely to spend money if I know that it's going to, you know, Oh yeah. I mean, a better cause, right. In the Philippines, when my grandma and grandpa first moved to the U S they were still paying their mortgage on their house in the Philippines. Cause their nieces and nephews were going to college right. in the same city. You know, right. it's, the Eastern culture is so much more communal than we are mm-hmm. here. It here it's me, me, I, I, mine, me and mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I hope that we shift in the uh, upcoming years is the communal yeah. sense me of too. surviving, right? We can't We're survive. Have we have to, we can't survive with just me and mine. Yeah. We're going to have to. Yeah. Everybody's going to have to start taking care of everybody's babies. Everybody's yeah. I'm seriously, I'm like, the only like, way I have not having kids is if I have a group of people right. and we just rotate who has the four kids right. every week so I can have three weeks off. Like, right. I don't know. That's a great, great plan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, 
And you have talked about, like, obviously you have a ton of people that have been like crazy important parts of your life, but like, was there like one or multiple like mentors in your life growing up and how did they inspire you? Um, well, besides my Lola, Lola, uh, my aunt Maddie Fennel. I know oh I'm gonna like get teary eyed. Yeah. <laughs> we expected okay. this. We cry I cry on here. all the podcasts. I cry. Yeah, I was gonna say I cry a lot. Um, she is not blood, but she feels like blood. Oh, and I have known her my whole life. Like she would take me home from church, and then we go to Lisa's Radio Cafe <laughs> and get pancakes. And I love it. Um. She has given me permission Mm -hmm. to really voice what I need to say. And like having, um, sorry, whoa. No, Um, you're good. Having an adult to give you permission is so important. So important. Because, yes, it's one thing if your friends also agree with you and support you, but having somebody who who's an adult who's been through things, who understands your family and will love you unconditionally, saying, that's okay, what you're saying is fine and you deserve to have this being said and I'm so proud of you for saying it, you know? Um, It's so funny, she she calls me her mentor. (laughs) And she's, she really is because, I mean, you know, she will always be there for you when you need it. Yes. Always. Yes. Without a question, Without. no questions asked. I will be there for you. I will pick you up. What do you need? Yeah, let's go do this thing together. And my love language is quality time. And so, yeah, she's always trying to spend time. Whether we're drinking a glass of wine or I get to hang out with her son Derek. Yes. Um, the way that she has influenced the teaching community. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. In in a way that's prolific prolific she is stern and to the point but with so much empathy and she gets done yes and i just have so much respect for people who have that drive and that dedication to make hundreds of people's lives better right thousands right like she when i saw her work i mean damn when did she start i don't know a long time ago for the nsea yeah and just watching her, you know, lead teachers through COVID. And because I was living with her when COVID first started. Oh, yeah. And just she kept everything together and cared for everyone else and would get calls and always had something positive and uplifting to say while also telling people the truth. Yeah. And I think that that's so important. That's so important. Wow. I love her so much. Yes. <laughs> we love, we, yes, I huge fan has she well. been on yet um no and I just literally told her today I was like <laughs> Maria's gonna be on so I've told you I've been asking her for literally like two years oh yeah um, she'll be on she'll be on yeah so we're she's gonna be on but no <laughs> um and I'll say this the thing that I respect about women like her and about you is that it's not always easy right like to be that person no right? and you will come up against adversity right yeah I guess that's what I want to say to like young people, young humans, right? Is that like, if you choose to be great and you choose to like be passionate about what you love and you know that this was put in your heart for a reason, like you're gonna come up. It's not an if. It's it's when, when, right? And when again, and and when when again. again. (laughs) (laughs) So you're gonna have to surround yourself with people that like love you to the end. And I mean, like just even you getting like, I mean, we we're both getting emotional there because like they're you're gonna you're gonna you're going to need to find those people. Yes. And for when that they happens are out there. Yeah. And they to are to give out you there. the confidence, the love, the support, the yeah. encouraging words, yeah. the coffee yes. with the oat milk creamer. <laughs> yeah. That she went yes. out and bought for me when I lived with her. <laughs> like all the things. Yes. Yes. And what's beautiful about that too is that like I don't think that ever um and I do ask that question a lot because, A, because I'm just interested in, like, uh-huh, that's fantastic a great question. people, like, who is your mentor? Yes. But also, like, um, the work that you will do to, like, mentor other young people because of, like, the love that you've been given. And, like, no other time, I think, in history, especially right now, like, is that more needed? Yes. 
And I'll throw that out there that like, if you have a love in your heart to like, and we're all busy and we can make a million excuses, but like you literally can like have the most impactful, crazy change in a person's, in a young person's life. Oh yeah. You know, like she, oh. by doing that. Thank, thank <laughs> by God. Mentoring I am right? who I am because of her. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was a great story. <laughs> no, that was great. I love that. Um, it only took me the third question to cry. Wow. <laughs> no, I know. Great That's job. Me too. <laughs> me too. You're fine. Um, we're all about it. Just that, you know, emotional intelligence. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, you're crazy, highly motivated to support others in every facet of their lives. But I mean, and, you, and we talked about this, but you at the heart of your passion, it's like you want to influence change. And so like, I guess my question is like, what right now <laughs> is like your biggest priority in, in that, in that sense? Oh, that's a good question. And you don't have to, and it can be like, a like, I don't, I mean, it's kind of like not to put you on the spot, but just like, if you were to, if you were to select one, Oh my God. How do you, how, how can you select <laughs> I one? Know. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> well, I think I'm going to go with Omaha. Okay. I kind of love that. Yeah. I'm going to go with what I want in Omaha. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have, narrow we'll just it. keep it. Yeah. Here we go. What I think that <laughs> Omaha needs right now is right we we um after this Roe versus Wade dilemma there have been protests every day and that's wonderful and my sister is so sweet and she's been at all of them and I was out of town so I couldn't be there but she'd send me photos and keep me updated that she's safe but what I think really needs to happen right now is that community building with the purpose uh, since I'm a salesperson now to close to change, it. right? Like right. we're not just showing up on the street corner. What are we doing after that? Are, right. are you finding friends at that, that you're like, I'm going to show up to the special session. If it happens, this is what I'm going to say. These are five questions I can ask senators mm -hmm. and sharing that information, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I have my list of questions and let me send that to you. You send these to me. So we now have a library of 30 questions that anytime we see a senator anywhere, here, let me, Senator, one second. Let me pull my phone up right. and ask direct questions. Yeah, yeah. Put the pressure on them, even organized, in the public. Yeah. Organize because yeah. protesting is one part of the bigger picture that mm -hmm. needs to be happening. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the Democrats have a hard have a hard time organizing mm -hmm. and doing the organi organizing and making the steps needed to change post the protests. We love to protest. Everyone loves to scream their little head off. We're all freaking angry <laughs> right but let's also keep channeling that energy i know we all are, we're just exhausted over covid especially mm -hmm. after um james scurlock passed mm -hmm. and so we need to you know if you you can't be at every protest you know rest a night right and then the next day meet with your friends that you met right and the next week you know it's slow change it's a marathon it has to be yes and the thing that's brilliant about what you said too, and I had this conversation with some, is like, we need young people like yourself, like educating other young people, not talking down to, that's not what I'm saying, take an active collective interest in like the processes and procedures yes. of our system. That's what's hard. Of our systems, right? Like, and that's what's hard because it's not sexy. No. Right? It's not. And we're not right? taught it or we right. zone out we're in not, government class. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's why I started exactly. Nightcaps because I was yeah. like, I know how to call my senator, but I don't know how to talk to my senator or I don't know like how the bills work or like I felt stupid, right? Because I didn't remember, I didn't recall this information from... I mean, eighth grade, eighth grade <laughs> or whatever, eighth grade, yeah. junior year of high school. Right. I was like, how, how are we supposed to create change if we don't know where the change happens? Right. So that education part of it is so important. And I think we're so lucky right now that a lot of, not a lot, a few select senators are doing an awesome job at trying to use social media to educate. Yes. And yes. so I'm very grateful um, for Senator Megan Hunt yes. and Tony Vargas and, uh, you know, a few others who are 
who are using their platforms to say, it's okay. You don't know. Here's what you need to know. Right. And because you're not stupid. Mm-mm. Like you just, you just haven't been provided the information in a way that is enticing or mm-hmm. includes your voice. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That includes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and I love that. And I think, I think that there are some phenomenal things going on in the Omaha community, a lot of which goes to, I mean, speak to the work that you've done, you know, to encouraging and engaging that it does go far beyond, like, we can be upset about what's going on right now, but then what are the steps that we can take, you know? Yes. Is it knocking on doors? Is it writing letters? Is it, you know, it's all the stuff that might not be, you know, that exciting or that sexy or whatever, but like, if we all do it, it's going to make a difference. Yes. So... Yeah. Feet on the ground. Feet on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I, what are, I mean, first of all, and I love what you said about rest too, because, right, our societies, especially in Western culture, um, and this is something that I like struggle with. I need like, siestas. Struggle with. I'm like, we have a culture box at work, and I was thinking, like, should I write on a post it, like, we need siestas? Siestas. It's a real thing. Siestas on Fridays or something. Friday siestas. Right. Um, cause you can't just like grind, 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 grind. You're going to hit a time where there's like a burnout. So with everything that you do and you do a ton, um, and you do it, you do so much to encourage other people and also like light a path for them, like to show them the way, you know, too. So, and I love that. Thank you. Um, no, it's just the truth. But, like, how do you take care of yourself and, like, live a balance? Like, how do you incorporate, and I don't like this word because I can't do it. I've never, <laughs> I can't do it. I haven't mastered it. Like, that's a story between me and my therapist. Like, yeah, the balance, right. balance is, like, a bad word. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just jealous because I haven't. Because <laughs> I, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, but, like, how do you, what are your like, what are some of your favorite ways to incorporate, like, a balanced life in your daily routine? Like, do you do mindfulness? Do you do meditation? Like, what's your... Yeah, so I generally, if I can fit it into my schedule, I start my day with a yoga sculpt. So it's actually still really hard work in, like, 103 degree heat. Nice. But I zone out and I just let my body do the work. It's really refreshing to start the day that way for me. Um, I actually have... Uh, chronic pain in my back. I have two slip discs and healthcare is expensive and I'm already in a lot of debt from it from the last few years. So yoga has always been the thing that I can go to, to strengthen my core. And that also like sets me up to be ready to go to work. Love that. It feels like a fresh cup of coffee. Yeah. And then by the time I'm done, I've already like drinking a ton of water. Yeah. So, uh, I've definitely been more mindful about my water intake. I, like like we talked about earlier, I am so privileged to be ext- extremely close to my family. So yeah. I try and get out and see Lola and talk with her and ask her questions about her story and her history because uh, my dad was born in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, and so that's really important to me. And the biggest thing, again, another lesson that I've learned in the last year is saying no. Oh, because I am a yes person. Me like, too. I am like, yes, I will do that for you. Yes, I will do that for you. Yes, I will do that for you. And I can't. I can't do everything. I can't be everywhere. I be what I can be at, and I try my hardest, but sometimes I just need to lay on the couch. Yeah. And, like, uh, since I've had COVID this past May, I've had migraines every day, which has been it hurts me emotionally because I want to be out active and attending my friends events. And I can't do that when I, the light hurts and I just need to be like like dark and laying in a room. But, um, I've worked on a few campaigns throughout the years. And this one, this was the hardest no for me recently is that I was uh, Craig Moody. Who's running for OPPD. I was his campaign manager and I loved it. I loved learning about sustainability in Omaha and energy and what we're doing. I learned so much, but I started this new job in January and I took that job also in January thinking I could do it. Well, peak started to grow faster. And as a salesperson, I was traveling a lot and was going to be gone I mean, I've been gone the last six weeks. Yeah. And so I, you know, just looked at, the, at at my schedule and I'm like, I don't, I don't like when I'm not proud of my work. Right. 
And I know that I won't be proud of the work that I do for Craig's campaign if I continue on with this. Mm-hmm. I know I can do it. Yeah. I know that if I didn't have all these other obligations, I'd do a kick-ass job at it. Right. It's not about my capabilities. Right. It's about the time and the day and my rest mm-hmm. and my peace. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I got him through the primaries and he won on top, which was amazing. Um, and then I, I told him basically exactly that. I'm like, I love this campaign. I love the work you're doing. I can't do my best at this. Right. And I had to come to peace with that. And he was of course so cool. I think he said, what he said? He was so sweet. He was like, I knew you were a shooting star. I was like, oh, Craig, (laughs) don't make it harder. (laughs) But also thank you for giving me this opportunity and I wish I could do it, but it's not fair, you know? But also you're leading by example in that decision too because there's a lot of young people out there that like literally, I mean, and I used to be one of them that like you take on so much and then you feel like a failure. Yeah, you don't want to let somebody down. And so then you compromise your mental health, your physical health, your personal relationships, so, like, just you doing that is, like, such a testament to, like... Yeah, others. it was hard. Yeah. I it, sat it with it hard. for, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can mm-hmm. do it. And then my boyfriend was like, Maria, <laughs> you're tired and stressed out. Right. Like, yeah. something needs to change. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're right. I got to repro... What, what do I need to prioritize here? Right. And so I'll, I told him I'll still go volunteer and knock on doors. Yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's an awesome... It doesn't seem like a well-being thing, but it definitely yes, it is. is. Say no, no is. and like knowing that it's okay to quit. Like I grew up with my dad being like, corpuses aren't quitters. Right. Okay, fine. I'll finish piano to the eighth grade. Like whatever. I think you know? a lot of and it, so, right? And the immigrant <laughs> mindset too yeah. of like oh, the American yeah. dream and you go, go, go. And you have to have grit and grind those gears. Uh, yeah. And it's take, I mean, I'm turned 27 this year. Yeah. And it's still hard for me to say no. Yeah. Even when I know in my gut, it's the right thing. Right. So I just like really practice what I was going to say because I wanted to do the job justice. Right. Right. And I couldn't do that. So no, that's an excellent example and an excellent lesson for all of us. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad he got elected too. I know. I'm so stoked for him. (laughs) Um, So since this podcast, we're going to bring it back. So since this podcast is dedicated to youth and mental health awareness, what would you say to encourage a young person in today's society struggling with mental health issues. And we like, we know, we know that it was bad during COVID, but we also know the fallout of like some of the things that happened, not just during COVID, but now like afterwards and we're still in it. Right. I mean, yes. there's still people that are getting sick. They're still, so I hesitate to even say that. Right. Um, we're still in it. We're still in it. Um, but I just, I, I do, I have a heart and I worry about, you know, um, we just have such a nasty, ugly history with mental health and um, being ashamed of it. And so, yeah, what would what would you say or what do you say? Um, I say go out and find your people, right? Like what we were talking right. about with Maddie. Find, right. identify who you can go to if you are having a bad day, if you have a problem at school, whether it's a friend, a mentor, family member, it doesn't have to be all of them, but just somebody you know is going to be a confidant for you on those really tough days because there are tough days and sometimes mm. there's multiple tough days in a row and it doesn't feel like you can get out of it. And I've been there. I've, I suffered from depression all through my teens and in my t- early 20s. And anxi- just anxiety now, not just. Yeah. <laughs> and anxiety now. Yeah, and yeah. I had been there the whole time, but I've... I've really, really worked hard at addressing that depression in me because um, I have people who love me. Right. And you, uh, everyone has such an authentic way of going about things and different strengths that they bring to the table that everyone is needed for something. Yeah. Right? Like, for example, my boss, he has empathy really, really, really low on his strength chart. Yeah. And my empathy is through the roof. Right. And so, you know, just as that, for that as an example, we all have strengths and weaknesses and we need each other to do that communal growing that we are talking about too. Right. right? Like if we don't have this person who's good at logistics or, or, uh, you know, brainstorming big picture ideas, little pictures, steps to get to the big pictures, we need all of that for each other and to care for each other. Um, and I would say, one of the things that 
I've continued on. I thought it was stupid and cheesy growing up, but my mom made us do it. Um, is every night at dinner, we go around and we say the best part of our day. I love that. And now, you know, at the end of the day, I ask my boyfriend, I'm like, what's the best part of your day? That's and nice. usually he's so sweet and was like, seeing you. <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it's just, uh, you know, five minutes out of your day that you can be grateful for what happened to you and be grateful for that your person or your people also had a good day. Right. Right. You get to experience gratitude in so many ways just by that simple question. And if we can incorporate just little things like that throughout, you know, your day to day. Yeah. And I'm not, the other thing is like. I, that I think people are scared about is like giving compliments. Oh yeah. Giving compliments has so much power it and does. not like fake compliments. No, I gave somebody a fake, <laughs> you can cut this out if it's bad, but <laughs> I gave fine. somebody a fake compliment the other day. Cause I knew he was like, he's a big old sass. <laughs> and I was like, I really like your outfit. And I paused and he was like, thank you so much. I was like, but it would be better in a different color on you. <laughs> I was just being so sassy anyhow. But like, he really, I was like, no, but really, I like your outfit. Yeah. And he, that he really appreciated that. that. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, when people tell me I'm doing a good job at work, you know, you, way to get out there and go, we really appreciate you. And I feel valued. Yeah. Then I go and I pass that value on to somebody else. Right. It's yes. that chain reaction of feeling grateful right. and feeling like you, people are grateful for you. Yes. Because that's something that I think you lose. Oh, when yeah. you when you're in a rough spot, oh yeah, like ugh, nobody nobody sees what I'm my worth. Yeah, I so I can't see my worth. Right, and just different things. You know, when I when I go into therapy this last time, I really wanted to talk about the situation, this other person's problems. Right, <laughs> and she was like, when she does this, <laughs> what is your response, and how can you change your response? And I you know, you have to remember like, okay, what, what am I in control of? Right. I can't force this person to do what I want. No. I want them to, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep asking mm-hmm. until my therapist was like, don't do it. It's not worth it. Right. 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 But anyway, but, you know, like it's, it's not that there's something wrong with you. Right. It's how can you change what's in, in your grasp to change? Right. So now I can react differently instead of being like, well, you should do this. Yeah. It's just like, Okay. That's all right that you think that. It's all right that you do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. But you, you know what I mean? Like right. having an interactions with people because I think sometimes that really gets us down of being just like so frustrated. Oh, yeah. Of just like I I can't change them. Mm-mm. And I'm, I'm not going to try and spend any more energy trying to do that. No. Nope. I mean, I was still doing it this year. Yeah. Like, I, I forget that I can't change anybody, but I can change my reaction to things. Yes. And when you start to do that, it's like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. Because I'm not carrying their Right. Right. And it's not yours to carry. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. not yours to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that, I hope that there's a young person that hears that because that's important. Yeah. You think like, oh, well, maybe if I do this, this person will change. No, they're not changing. No. Yeah. They aren't changing until something affects the way they see their actions. Right. Or what they're doing. Because otherwise it's just like you can ask a million times. Mm-hmm. And then they resent you. Yeah. Yeah. But you can affect the way that you react to the situation. Yeah. And you can set boundaries. You can set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that I have been working on my entire life. And oh, it's a lifelong goal. Yeah. That's a life. That's a lifer. I'll be good at boundaries when I cross that boundary. Right. Death, probably. <laughs> right. It's me. <laughs> but we're going to keep at We're going to keep trying. Just yeah. little boundaries. Just little boundaries. Um, oh, my gosh. So this is another thing. Um, since this is like we like to talk about obstacles and things, and you've talked about, about some, and you, and you can go as deep as you want, but don't feel like obligated to, but I mean, many young people are going through obstacles, um, in one way or another, in one facet of their lives or another. What is one obstacle that you faced in your life and overcome and are proud of yourself? For? Well, the obstacle that comes to mind, I haven't completely overcome, but we're just going to work through it here. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, so in, I mean, I guess it started in middle school, high school, college. I fainted. I had a fainting problem. I'd faint in church. I'd faint in the classroom. I'd faint in the cafeteria. 
And then it kind of changed to seizures in college. And I think that had to do, had a lot to do with my depression. Yeah. Because, and this is kind of something that we're going through today, right? Like for people who have uteruses, like what, why is my body not mine? Right. The one thing I can hold on to this one vessel that I exist in and can't escape. How, how am I losing control of it? Right. How is that possible? Right. And, um, I really got down on myself and would have dissociative episodes during that time and ended myself up, uh, checked into the, to the hospital because of that. Um, I had threatened my life during one of them and, uh, it, that was hard. Yeah. That was a hard, I was there for 48 hours, 72 hours. And it wasn't fun. No. Didn't love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think, you know, my mom always says that she does the best she ha- she does the best she can with what she has, mm-hmm. right? With the tools that she was given. Right. And sometimes people's emotional intelligence right. and their tools to help with this are not adequate. Right. That doesn't mean they aren't adequate in general. Mm-hmm. They just aren't adequate to deal with the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. And that took me a few years to learn too, of like, why don't you get this? And right. why can't you understand what I'm going through? It's it's I'm there's nothing wrong with me. I just am depressed and right. right? And so now I know she did the best of what she had mm-hmm. and she got me the resources yep. that I needed to deal with that. Yeah. Right. And would meet me at the hospital when I would get transported there and was there for me and made sure I was drinking my water and eating healthy foods and helping me schedule my doctor's appointments. Like she can do that. Yeah. But the emotional stuff she couldn't really help with. But not one person can do everything. Right. And so that's why it's important to really have that support system of friends you can vent to if if they're emotionally available to do that. Right. And to expect one person to be able to do all of your needs is unrealistic. Right. And so once I realized that, I can I can go to my therapist. Yeah. I can go to my psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I can call my Aunt Maddie. Right. I can do all, I have all these other ways of deal with dealing with it. Right. And so when you identify what helps you, it doesn't have to be one thing. It can be six different things. Right. And, and that together makes you kind of feel a little bit more holistic. Yeah. But man, and this chronic pain is horrible yeah. because again, I can't, there's some, like I have a cane. There's some days I can't even walk. Yeah. Or get out of bed or put my shoes on, get in the car. All of that is so challenging. challenging. And when you're missing out on social events, like we have been these last two or three years, whether it's from COVID or pain you're experiencing or depression, you can't get out of bed. It, it like pulls you in deeper, right? You just right. Uh, like, it makes you even more upset and more like just super sad. And so I think that, what I've learned is just that holistic way of way of trying to overcome things. Yeah. And little steps are okay. And that little steps are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if I just get out of bed. Yeah. Even if I just go get drink a few glasses of water. Yes. All these little things can add up and then before you know it, things have changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it takes 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's okay because uh, there's this phrase – that right around that time, uh, maybe in my like 21, 22, it was, I think I was going through a bad breakup. I was having back problems, all of it. All it of felt so heavy, right? Yeah. And I had just got, I had just left a really bad job where I was treated poorly. And my friend and I were out taking a walk late at night and we were just kind of talking like, oh gosh, all this, all these horrible things. And we were really sulking. Yeah. We were brooding over our problems yeah. for sure. For sure. And then I was like, you know what? If we can learn from these problems and identify what we need to do to overcome them, then we grow, then we grew. Right. And that's beautiful. And we kept talking about the process of growth. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop wishing you a, I hope I don't like, I'm going to stop saying, I hope you have a good day. <laughs> I'm going to start saying, I hope you have a grow day. A grow day. And so grow day became my I friends and eyes. And now my family's things that we say of just like, I hope you have a grow day. I love that. It doesn't have to be a good day. Right. Just grow a little bit. Right. Learn a little bit Learn more about something. yourself. 
about the community and world you exist in. Mm -hmm. And then that's a good day. That's a good day. Who doesn't like to get a little better? Right. And it might not be all sunshine and butterflies. No. Right. Sometimes growth hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine the pain from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Right. Ow. Ow. (laughs) I got to grow wings? Yeah. In a cocoon? Right. Right. (laughs) No, that's beautiful. I'm going to start. I'm going to steal that. Do it. I hope everyone says grow day. I have the Instagram handle because my therapist is like, what are you going to do with grow day? That's so brilliant. And I'm like, I don't know yet, but something. You got to do it. Yeah. You got (laughs) to. No, because that, I think, you know, not to say this, but we do expect things to be a lot of times in whatever our reality is of perfect, right? And yeah. That's not like why we're here. Yeah. That's not why we're here. You don't have to have a good day every day. No. Nobody has a good day every day. Okay. But just grow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> okay. Um, what are some of your goals for 2022 and 2023? So, yeah. A year and a half. Yeah. I really want to get nightcap started again. In the next two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I really want to get nightcap started again because... We want you to get nightcap yeah, started Yeah, everywhere I go, I mean, not everywhere, but a lot of places I go, people are coming up to me and like, people when nightcaps coming back? <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, it was out at, at, at our spaces, which was an awesome art nonprofit, but they closed the spring mm. just with events yeah. not being able to happen. They... Um, they had it's to close hard. their doors. It's yeah. so hard. So I am in the talks with another incredible organization. I haven't quite secured the deal yet, so I don't want to say too much. But hopefully this fall it's you will see. It's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. I have guests in mind. I have a theme in mind. Um, and I'm super excited um, to have this conversation because I think it's really relevant. Um, so that's one of the things um, I... I love my job. I'm so lucky. Yeah. I love my job so much. Yeah. And we are a startup. So I am really looking forward to seeing the change in the impact that our company will have. Because they, so we have a, a skincare, we're a startup skincare company. I've used it. Slash it's health. Yes. Shout out. It, it's amazing. It is a, uh, it was start founded by two optometrists who saw a lot of people. Actually, this is really good for kids. Yeah. Um, who saw a lot of people coming in with dry eye, um, Demodex, which is eye mites. Oh, that live in your skin and poop ew, on your skin and ew, have sex on your skin. Ew. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. And, um, blepharitis so all these different things and they didn't have a cleanser for your eyes a lot of your our face washes are like don't use around your eyes right so this cleanser you can use for your face and your eyes it's made of tea tree oil lavender peppermint and it smells amazing but it gets all of your makeup off it really does too yeah you know me I'm i know good. she's got the false <laughs> i got on. the false when on i first met you and i was telling you i was like you might not want to do those if you get them professionally done because it'll take off professional yeah. eyelashes it's amazing and um what happens is that a gunk gets built up in your cells. Yeah. And if you don't get that rid of that, it'll die. And if those cells die, oil stops getting produced to protect the water. So it either dries up or you're just like crying all day. Yeah. And not like the way I cry all day, you know, like <laughs> right. everything's going wrong. I love that person so much. <laughs> oh, look at that bunny. Like, I don't know. Not right. that way. Just not like way. you can't cry you can't, yeah. or you can cry all the time. And so um, it's really important, especially now, because everyone spends eight to 12 hours on their phone Mm -hmm. or looking at a computer. Mm -hmm. And when we are looking at screens, we blink one third of the time. That's frightening. It's frightening. And so I have like a little post-it note on my laptop being like, don't forget to blink. (laughs) Cause what that does, it it helps flush out, flush flush things out and keep your eyes hydrated. And so that's why I I just love my job so much. And I, I really believe in the product and I hope that it can help, the future of people's eyesight yeah. and pain. My aunt has dry eye and she's like, Maria, I've done everything. It, it's so yeah. painful. Yeah. And I just want to be able to help people and hopefully push off that kind of thing and um, get some more, get it in some more people's hands. So I'm excited for that. Um, and I think, what's another thing? I really want to get back to the Philippines. Yes. I was going to go this last winter, but then COVID that was yeah. like my goal before COVID. I sure. was like by 2022, I want to get myself get back there. there. Um, and I, one of my best friends from college lives in Singapore. Nice. So I wanted to make a whole, you know, Asian trip about it because I wasn't taught a lot, taught a lot about my Filipino history. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my grandmother, even while she went to school there, by that time, old U.S. history books were right. being taught in the schools. Oh. So she's learning from books written in like 1905 right. from old, old, old white men right. about history. Right. And so, you know, you, you're like, why are you so proud to be American? It's like, that's why. It was ingrained in her. Right. It was the dream that was pushed. And, right. and that's okay. I'm, I'm so yeah. proud of the hard work that they did to get here. Um, I could go totally into the model minority myth, but I won't. Um, but it's, I've been doing the education myself. Yeah. I've been buying books. I've been following Filipino uh, people on Instagram. I've been listening to podcasts and really trying to teach myself. Yeah. And it's so fun because then I get to go and say, hey, Lola, did you know that trans people existed in the Philippines before the Sp- Spaniards came over and colonized us? Mm-hmm. She's like, I didn't know that. You, She's like, you know way more about the culture than I do. Yeah. I'm like, that's okay. We get to come back to it together. Yeah. You know? That's beautiful. And so I, I hope she continue to do more of that. I've been once, but that was before my deep dive into the culture and understanding yeah. it and you have trying a- to feel more connected to it. Right. I was just excited to go, to go on vacation, right? right? To this beautiful tropical island with my family right. and eat delicious food. But now I'm like, I want to go to these spots and I want to talk to the other elders and hear their stories of World War II mm-hmm. or what their parents thought of the U.S.-American War mm-hmm. or, you know, all these different intricacies of why the Philippines or Filipino Americans are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely on my bucket list. Like a cultural immersion. That's what I want. Okay. I want an, I want an educated for myself, cultural immersion. Yes. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's on my list for good. the next two years. That's good. That's a good plan. Those are good goals. Yeah. Um, we have covered so much and we could sit here and talk. <laughs> I know. I could talk like forever. Three hours. No. And I, and it's so needed, right? It's so needed. Um, and that's what I wanted with this podcast. I mean, and so I a, can't thank you enough for being willing, for oh, being vulnerable. Um, I'm honored. I'm super honored to have you here. And you're going to, I mean, it is my undying hope that this helps like so many people, so many young people and just people in general I um, too. by your story because it's beautiful. Um and I do have to, like, ask the final question, which is just a shameless plug of where can yeah. we all, like, follow you, support you? Uh-huh. Where can our viewers, like, attend your events, all that good stuff? Yes. So my Instagram handle is Maria E. Corpus, C-O-R-P-U-Z. I'm sure it'll be in the notes or the title somewhere. And then, of course, I have to look up my Twitter. No, you're good. I do the same thing. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> is it the same or is it not? Okay, it is the same. You're good. <laughs> Maria E. Corpus. I um, don't don't follow me on there if you uh, don't like savagery. <laughs> um, uh, the U.S. Uh, people called the Filipinos savages when they first saw us, so I like to continue with that theme on Twitter. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. Uh, it's so funny. My uncle will be always be like, "I always see you on Twitter. You always have." funny opinions <laughs> and I'm like oh god like, okay. and then but recently this year I've had strangers come up to me well not strangers like people I've met at campaign events or like out they're like are you Maria Corpus yeah I'm like yes and they're like I follow you on Twitter and I was like is that a good or a bad thing it's good it's thought-provoking <laughs> it's beauty it's art you like you. It, it, seriously oh yeah and then yeah. my boss was like in my interview he's like yeah I've been following you on Twitter for a while and I think you have a great voice and I was like oh this is in my mind I'm like me. oh sh- you're but like, yes, <laughs> if you think I'm clever on Twitter, this I'm will your, work out I'm great. Your person. <laughs> yeah, that's my <laughs> side. Yeah, so. no, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I just appreciate you for being unapologetically who you are, and it's yeah, um, in today's society we need more people like you, and it's really beautiful to see. Yeah, I'm really grateful. Listen to your gut. That's right. Find your voice. Find your voice, and don't apologize. And don't apologize don't apologize for it and speak clearly clearly yeah don't mumble your opinion yes say with pride i love it and happy pride and happy pride yeah i guess by the time it comes out it won't be but we're always celebrating pride we're always celebrating it's a year it's a year round thing so no thank you so much um maria for being on here yes i'm so blessed we love you you so much much. and um we also want to just give a thank you to our sponsor better help um you can go to betterhelp.com 
which um, is an organization making professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime and anywhere. Professional counselors are available 24-7, private and affordable, and you can get started now at BetterHelp.com. Yes, Um, go to (laughs) BetterHelp.com. Do it. Do it. it. Why not? (laughs) Um, We also want to give a shout out to the Nebraska Foundation for Suicide Prevention for their support and the Boys Town Suicide Hotline. So if you're struggling, those are um, resources as well. So thank you so much again um, for being with us here today on Education with an Edge. We need your love. We need your light. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. If you have a question or just want to learn more, go to jaquellelane.com. Thanks for listening to Education with an Edge. A Huda Media Production.